Hey guys. Hey guys. Welcome back to The Selfie Show. It's Tori. And Sam. Two besties bringing you all things healthcare, humor. Unpopular opinions. Mm. Except for bonus episode Friday is always a mixed bag. Yeah, this is, we're, we're, this is, (laughs) we're changing it up today. We definitely wanted to hit on this heavy topic. We thought this was actually really important to talk about. And so, yeah. I know. I really like doing fun, lighthearted bonus episodes that are me just ranking my favorite fast food choices and which cartoons I want to fuck. But (laughs) today, there's other things sometimes. You know, Tori and I are obviously passionate about healthcare and about women's health and mental health. And this is kind of ties all in one. So trigger warning. This episode, we are going to talk about murder, suicide, crimes against children, and other just disturbing topics. So if that is triggering to you, that is the content today. Absolutely. So today we're going to talk about Lindsay Clancy. She's a wife and mother three from Duxbury, Massachusetts, who was suffering from postpartum psychosis. So... She was face she is facing several charges in the deaths of her and currently the community is in shock, her family is in shock. Her husband pa- Patrick Clancy, of course, made a recent statement about her battle with mental health and her issues after her pregnancies. And you know, she was fighting a pretty intense internal war and today we really want to dive into, you know, a little bit about her and um this is a topic that is very important to Sam and I. I think men, in ter- in terms of women and mental health, that's one aspect of it, but also moreover, pregnancy and maternal health and all the things that so many women face in this country, these are things we should be talking about 100%. I think something hard for us to really like, wow, is that she was an L&D nurse. Yes. So I feel us having a NICU background, people that work in L&D, I think that we're a little even more shocked aware though yeah. of yeah, 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 yeah. post we're more For sensitive sure. to we're more aware. knowledgeable right. aware of postpartum depression psychosis and how challenging these things can be because that's in our wheelhouse it's very different than I do adult ICU mm-hmm. versus that that is the wheelhouse of ours and to know that our own people our own that's our own that's she's our one own. of us yeah. really can struggle with something like that to such a discount like yeah 100 I mean, it's really hard in. for me to even when i've watched tiktoks on it and i've read about it it's just it is definitely hard for me it's yeah. hard content to consume but yeah. yeah it is so if you guys are unfamiliar we did we did quite a bit of research and a deep dive into Lindsay in this particular case so who is Lindsay? Lindsay is a 32 year old massachusetts general hospital L&D nurse. And I want to say Mass General is very well respected as an organization. It is a huge hospital. It's very well known. And so Patrick and Lindsay, they were married back in 2013. And she started nursing shortly afterwards. And then so they had three children, a five-year-old Cora, three-year-old Dawson, and eight-month-old son Callan. And then it was very much presented as they had a very beautiful home, obviously three kids, like this was the best time in their lives. And during this time, so Lindsay was on a medical leave of absence to focus on her mental health. So this was after the birth of their son Callan. And history has shown or had, when we were doing some research with her, she had struggled with postpartum depression prior. And so when leading up to this event, 
She was actually in a five-day week intensive program for postpartum depression. So she was currently actively receiving treatment for that. And then as back in July of 2022, she had posted on social media that she was feeling much better. She was back on all cylinders. She was crediting a lot of this to doing workouts, working on her mental health. So she was feeling pretty good. And that was back in July of 2022. And at the time, also... Her husband, Patrick, was working from home to help and be more of a support system. And just kind of as a general thing, what's interesting, and Sam mentioned this, she was an L&D nurse. nurse. And so she was very, very one educated in this sort of area or of life, if you will, the maternal postpartum period. She, her, this is taken from LinkedIn. She was licensed in NRP, which is the neonatal resuscitation program. She was very knowledgeable in her field. So this is a hard one to really kind of wrap your head around when you're saying like, oh, this is definitely someone that maybe was more in tune with the signs of something like this leading up to it. And so something that we wanted to talk about was the actual day of. So this is all by reports from police. And I want to say this before we get into it. As of today, this is February 2nd when we're recording this, she's still currently in the hospital. So nothing has been confirmed yet. This is alleged, but this is per reports. Okay, so Tuesday, January 24th of 2023. At the time, Patrick, her husband, had been working from home and he ordered takeout that night. He went to get it. It was a roughly 20-minute time period when he was gone. And when he arrived back at the house, the first thing that he sees is his wife on the ground. He called police. Police arrive. And then they go into the house and the children did appear to be dead at the time. They had signs of severe trauma and then also signs of strangulation. So this is, quote, authorities issued an arrest warrant for Lindsay Clancy on Wednesday, January 25th for two counts of homicide, three counts of strangulation and three counts of assault and battery with a deadly weapon in connection to deaths of her five-year-old daughter, Cora, three-year-old son, Dawson, and eight-month-old son, Callan. Callan was rushed to the hospital with some signs of life. And unfortunately, on Friday, January 27th, he did lose his life. He passed away. And there was no resuscitation for Cora or Dawson. And then it would appear that she had attempted a suicide attempt as she was on the ground outside of her house. So that is the situation. She is, as I said, currently still in the hospital. So, yeah. <sighs> it's really, I think, hard when people are talking about this because everything that I've consumed in terms of seeing it reported in social media and the news and everything is really understanding the difference between postpartum psychosis and postpartum depression. Right. And then even versus the baby blues. Mm -hmm. Because if you go back to the 50s, people were still having postpartum psychosis and postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. But those weren't even things back then. And it was literally just the baby blues. Like, oh, you're sad. You're crying after a baby. And then to really start to formalize that as a mental health thing, But I still think there's so much misinformation about even the difference of those because postpartum depression isn't uncommon. I think one in every seven women or two out of every 10 women, depending on who you're looking at reporting those numbers, Mm -hmm. that's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot of women. Postpartum psychosis is much, much more rare and obviously a way more severe 
situation and mental health crisis. And so I, believe, I think there's a lot of, well, you a know, lot interesting. out there. So actually postpartum psychosis, when we were doing some research on this, this is taken from postpartum.net. Postpartum psychosis is a serious mental health illness that can affect someone after having a baby. It affects around one in 500 mothers. So it's 2.6 per 1000 births. I actually think that seems like a lot to me. Is that weird? Like, I feel like one in 500 mothers, that seems like a lot of, in terms of psychosis, it's interesting. But I, I mean, I think I mean, it what is I'm a getting lot, at, but I think also the much less than there's still different symptoms of psychosis. Correct. And what's interesting is I feel like this is why we're talking about this, though, because these are the things that we, a lot of moms, I think, have who are suffering from from whatever it may be, if it's postpartum baby blues, if it's just postpartum or even psychosis, are so scared to speak up because of fear of someone looking at them as potentially bad mom or why are you going through this? You should be so happy. You just had a baby. This is a blessing, blah, blah, blah. blah. But these are things we need to clearly be talking about more often. So. Well, I think that's a big thing is the barrier to treatment for postpartum depression because of the stigma, the judgment of what societal expectations on what a mother should be and how they should feel. And even just the emphasis on baby bonding and skin to skin and breastfeeding. And this is supposed to be perfect. So perfect and and happy and pictured. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And so there's people that don't want to seek out treatment or have a hard time. And then psychosis on itself is a whole other yeah. Symptoms of psychosis include hallucinations, literally hearing, seeing things, hearing voices telling you to harm yourself or harm your children, other delusional beliefs, and just also very manic type episodes of like talking, thinking too quickly, like that whole, we've talked a lot about like mental health and yeah. bipolar manic, but it's very kind of similar mm-hmm. presentation there. And then other low mood, depression, withdrawal, lack of energy, appetites, agitation, trouble sleeping. And sometimes it is a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. And then really though, the loss of inhibition, feeling suspicious, fearful, and then lack of sleep, hormones, add that to actually having psychotic hallucinations and voices telling you to do these things. And it's going to be catastrophic outcomes such as this, such as the Andrea Yates thing where she drowned her five babies back in the nineties. Which is so crazy because thinking about that particular case, I have such a different perspective on it now when we're framing it in terms of like, I think the reaction to Lindsay Clancy from a lot of us specifically, I would say a lot of women is much more understanding than I think we would have been than mm-hmm. we were then. And well, back in the nineties, you're like, oh my yeah. god, how could a mother drown her children? Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. Because that's insane to yeah. think about. Like, yeah. wh- how on how earth? And then now it's like, wow, mm-hmm. this psychosis. And I think you've said it best before. Is that is not Lindsay? That is not that person. Yep. That is not someone who's struggled with depression even before. It's still me. It's just depressed Sam. Right, right. But it's still Sam. Right. I'm Sam, but I'm depressed and I don't want to go out and do things. I feel withdrawn. I have a lack of energy. I have a lack of... Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm still there. I'm still under there. It's deep down there, but I'm still there. I feel the difference between psychosis or you've spoken a ton about your brother going through bipolar manic episodes. That's not Vincent anymore. That's not Lindsay anymore. They are 
there is zero control yes and there anymore it's so interesting because listening to a lot of the recaps because sam and i have been doing a lot of research on this particular case just trying to really understand and get the full picture bird's eye view listening to a couple of podcasts there were a couple of men quite a few podcasts of male perspective and a lot of them were saying things to the effect of there's no excuse for what she did she deserves this the death penalty that if this is a there's such a double standard when it comes to things like this like if this was a man and he did this he would be in the electric chair and also not true because how many men are in jail for killing women and children thank you and okay. like actually get out on good behavior yes. after serving 20 years right so fuck all the way off yeah. <laughs> love you so much Jesus. okay so but there's 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 that right but then it's so interesting because listening to this it was so to me apparent that so many people in our society specifically a lot of men still do not understand one pregnancy and how much that affects women and two mental health and understand mental health and at all or in general they really truly do not understand this and what i kind of sam and i were talking about this off the clock is with postpartum psychosis so this is a condition that really disrupts a person's sense of reality mm -hmm. so this is something that is beyond you know this isn't just depression this isn't this isn't no they should honestly have been in the er getting antipsychotic 100 percent. it's not like here's some lexapro cheer up <laughs> this is not this is not the same person who kissed her children to sleep at night yeah. this is absolutely not the same person and the only way that i i absolutely know that is from a personal experience i have opened up about my brother's situation this last brief manic episode that we went through which was on the more recent side was probably the most dramatic that it's ever been. I've never had, and I didn't, I haven't spoken too much to this particular situation, but essentially what had happened was Vincent was escalating. We had tried to get him into a hospital. He discharged himself. He left the hospital AMA in a gown, no, literally no clothes. He had no wallet. He had no phone. He had no nothing. He left the hospital walking around the city, essentially homeless for several hours. We finally found him. And so we, we managed to contact the facility and we realized at this point he needed inpatient help, right? So we called and we said, hey, can we get him in literally today? We need to admit him. There's, this is It's getting to a point where mm -hmm. we cannot manage him anymore. And the things he's doing is so out of character that we can't do this. So they said, okay, keep him for one night. You guys, this is the medication you're going to give him. Keep him and then bring him in tomorrow. It was like around 11 a.m. So long story short, <laughs> we did his medications as prescribed. And then the next morning, he woke up and I could tell he was a little on edge for him. And what I mean by that is aggressive for him. And it, the picture of him is he's much more, he's very large physically. But when he starts, I can tell there's a little like switch that's mm -hmm. almost off where I'm like, my brother's not, he's here, but he's almost not here. Mm -hmm. Long story short, we went to try and pick up something from my parents' house and in route to the house, the switch was, it went from Vincent to complete bipolar manic in literally one minute where he was completely not himself. The things he was saying, the things that he was doing, I could tell, like you can look into his eyes and you say, this is not my brother. This is something in his brain. He has completely switched off and he is not here and he is a danger to himself and other people. And it did escalate. He, there was a point 
to where I was, I, we were so fearful. My cousin and I were driving him. I was so scared he was going to do something. And it's so interesting because on, in our perspective, in that moment, I was, we could not be more thankful to get him into a facility. So we, we had professional help and I can, I can only imagine how her husband is feeling right now and how these kinds of things happen so fast. And it is really hard as a family member to really decipher like, okay, are we doing the right thing? Are we not? Even though she's inpatient, should she be inpatient? We don't know. And Sam and I have talked about this a lot. There's a lot of also misinterpretation from even healthcare providers. So can I pose a question to you? I hope this isn't out Please of do. line. Please do. I'm, you know. We... But okay, the whole situation you just described with your brother in that kind of manic episode, knowing that he has a infant son that's less yeah. than a year old. Percent. In that current state, would you be comfortable nope. with him being around nope. your nephew, his nope. his son? He wasn't. We took him away. We took him away from he, Megan stayed home mm-hmm. and had their son. And she essentially at that point was a single mom. Mm-hmm. We were supporting her as much as we could from mm-hmm. the sideline. But we took him and we said, we're going to mom and dad's house and we're going to try and start getting this fixed. And in that process... We it, it just it's interesting how fast things escalated and people just don't realize how that can happen. And unless you are someone that has been in a situation where you have a family member or maybe it was you mm-hmm. or your brother or your daughter or someone, it's really hard to describe to people how fast these things can happen. And so especially I would say for women, the most one of the most vulnerable patient populations that we have, we really discredit or kind of I think the stigma around that time period is so intense that so many women try and cover up a lot of things that they are feeling that they are going through and I would imagine with her it was probably a snap thing where she was she had been struggling there we she had struggled I think she was at least in inpatient care for at least the like couple weeks prior now I don't know that but I think she had struggled previously with postpartum as well well so here's the thing though my and why I even pose that question is you and your brother's partner and your family, your cousins wouldn't even think twice about letting him mm-hmm. near his son at that time. Yes. Because you're acknowledging that he's not in a mentally yep. good place. Yes. And the thing with postpartum psychosis and even severe postpartum depression, because postpartum depression is not baby blues. Right. It's not like, oh my gosh, I'm hormonal. Like right now, Tori's going through egg freezing. Mm-hmm. How fucking hormonal oh do you God. feel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your hormones are so fucking out of whack. I think you already yes. just took your trigger shot. You are I'm loaded up absolutely. on hormones oh, right now. Yes, absolutely. And it's, it, is inc- it is insane how high and low and hot flashes, and all these things that you get. I mean, I, it is, hormones are very, very powerful. Yeah. So after birth, that those hormonal shifts are going to cause most women to feel even some sort of just baby blues. I'm a mess even when I'm just on my period and mm-hmm. my hormones are out of whack. Postpartum depression is another level of that where you're actually feeling withdrawn. You're showing signs of depression. Yeah. Appetite is being affected. Sleep's being affected. And it may even involve symptoms of ideation of hurting yourself or your child right psychosis is literally the next again very more rare and more severe where you have 
actual hallucinations, delusions, your manic, all of those things. So again, it's kind of levels to it. But here's the thing, because inherently they're a mother and we are so trained to think that motherly instinct and that motherly nurture that they would never actually hurt their baby because they're a mother. They're a mother. What mother would do that? That is how we are ingrained to believe. So someone could be in really bad post partum depression state or psychosis and people are still not going to necessarily think maybe I shouldn't leave them alone or maybe I shouldn't that they're okay to still be around their Mm -hmm. baby because I feel like that inherent a mother would never do that to her children thought is so ingrained in us where you guys would think no way in our right mind are we letting him near his son right now yeah in this state, in this frame of mind. But I think because it's a woman who's a mother that we not, I don't even know what I'm trying, you know where I'm going with this. I feel like people are like, yeah, "Yeah, even if you're in treatment and you're in therapy, we have our guard a little bit down because we don't think the worst case scenario is going to happen because we just assume, well, a mother would, even if they're depressed, they would never actually do something like this, but not understanding the true severity of what postpartum psychosis is. Well, and I think another thing is, let's talk pre-pregnancy or during pregnancy. Those are things you don't want to talk about, right? And I'm sure I think that a lot of our OBGYNs and the midwives out there, I think we're starting to have a movement where we are talking more about it. But I will say, oftentimes women are so blindsided by how they feel postpartum. Like it's a complete, you don't expect to feel that way, to feel the anxiety, Mm -hmm. to have all these things. And that's just a very small piece of psychosis but like for the psychosis treatments right so antipsychotics mood stabilizers and antidepressants those are usually the things that you're going to get prescribed for the mood stabilizer that would be potentially lithium we're talking about those kinds of medications and then the other medication the other thing that if medications don't work for psychosis ECT ECT therapy, which is crazy. Think about that. That is that is one of the treatments of postpartum psychosis, which is pretty drastic. That's a pretty big, but it's right? comparatively to committing suicide or infant side infant. Yeah. I can never say that word, but yeah, that is considered a treatment option when the situation is thought to be life threatening. Yeah, absolutely. And I, in terms of this particular situation, it's so hard to really be like, who's the judge here, right? And I just, I have so much empathy and I just can't imagine what her husband is going through, what their community is going through. This is definitely something that I do think we should be talking about because it does, these are things that do happen. And I will say this as someone who has been a family member of someone who has been in a situation, it can literally happen in like the flip of a switch. Like I I know that sounds very weird and it sounds, but it's so true. I feel we're always looking to blame someone in this country too. So I feel like the poor husband, I I know God, I, my heart goes out for him, but it's probably like, well, you should have picked up on this sign or you should, we always want to blame someone first of all. But I think something interesting, one of the interviews I read with a psychologist talking about the difference between postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis, because we were trying to make sure we are pretty educated before recording this was the fact of 
how can you predict this? Right. And it was interesting because they said, we don't have a lot of predictors of who is more vulnerable or who is more at risk. There is some thought that women who have a history of any kind of psychotic disorder, such as bipolar disorder or schizophrenia are more at risk for postpartum psychosis. But I thought this was so interesting. It was, but this can happen to women who don't have any psychiatric history at all. And then research researchers at Massachusetts General Hospital estimate that about half the cases of postpartum psychosis happen with people who have no history of mental health disorders and that it really comes out of the blue. Yeah. And that is hard because I think, again, we live in a society where we always want to, who's to blame, 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 what did we miss? And that is how scary it is. Absolutely. But again, with more education of yeah. starting to understand early signs and taking it seriously. Well, and I think also just as a general and a big reason why we wanted to speak to it today was just we need better mental health for our women and specifically also our postpartum moms mm -hmm. and our pregnant moms. We need better. What's interesting is we brought on the push revolution. It's mm -hmm. the Courtney and Katie from Push Revolution. They are an OBGYN and midwife duo. They have a podcast. And I didn't actually even know this, but fun fact, postpartum, you only get one appointment postpartum technically. When you're talking insurance and when you're talking checkups, there is only one appointment for mom after that. And what and something else that we is becoming much more of a prevalent thing is understanding that postpartum period is technically considered the fourth trimester. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good thing for us to remember, right? Like after baby comes, there's still, you still have fluid shifts, you have hormone shifts, you have all of these things going on in your body, which is a huge piece of pregnancy, right? This postpartum. And I think a lot of women, when they're going in for a lot of these appointments, like you feel rushed out, they don't know what to say, they don't know what to ask. There's this whole thing of like, you're trying to breastfeed, you're trying to feed your kid, you're trying to figure out like this whole new life or potentially having adding on another child. So you're chasing around a toddler and then also trying to keep an infant alive. Like there's just we need change for women in general. And I don't know, just going back mentally to these podcasts of these men saying she deserves the death penalty. It, it's it's really it's just showing the horrible misunderstanding and mis un, uneducated like I don't want to say uneducated but a lot of people are just uneducated in these topics and really what this is mm -hmm. this well, was a mental health crisis is what it is and the word crisis this was a go to the ER not a therapy yeah like okay I saw my therapist for an hour right this was a, a much bigger thing and overall I would say this check in on your moms you guys check in on your friends I the just this week after hearing all this, I, I've called three of my girlfriends who have all had kids within the last six months and just did a checkup and just said, hey, how you doing? Check in on them and try and do a little extra here and there with the people that I mean, these we as a society have become so ingrained, like the thoughts are like, you need to be so strong and independent and everyone, this whole idea of just every doing it on your own. I don't know. It's just, I love the idea of like community and people mm -hmm. helping to raise children together. And like, that's what it's supposed to be about, right? It's like going back to tribal days, like we we survived in groups together and, and helping each other. Well, the and phrase, being it there. takes a village. It takes like, a village. Yeah, 100%. We, and now we're so siloed into our own lives. And mm -hmm. I think Women just feeling more and more the pressure is, is surmounting in a lot of different ways, having the picture perfect everything and being the perfect wife and the perfect mom and keeping it all together. And I'm sure for her, just really going through this struggle 
having a snap like that does it have I, I just I feel so bad I just it's it's really, really disheartening and very, very tragic. Well, we did do a podcast episode back on June 1st of 2021 with Christina Delaney, who's an RN also, but she had her own personal story of postpartum psychosis that she was a survivor of. And now she's a big advocate for maternal mental health. So we're not going to make you scroll all the way back and find it. I mean, if you want to listen yeah. to it literally right after this, you can scroll back, but we are going to re-release it yep. this week it. on Saturday, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Before even our next new episode because we just it was a really good episode and to hear from someone who's lived it firsthand was yeah. was we've, really insightful. We very rarely we never we've never we've re-released never re-released ever. We've never re-released. We refer back all the time. We're like, hey, we had this person on. Go back and find this episode. We've never actually yep. re-released it. This topic I think is so important. We wanted to talk about it, especially as as someone who's in almost the exact same situation, right? Yeah. She was an educated woman. She was a nurse. And also with her situation, very similar to Lindsay's, her postpartum psychosis came on, I want to say six to eight months after baby, which is really interesting. Yeah. So it's a really good episode. We also wanted to leave this for you guys. We do have quite a few really amazing resources for you. So this is for you or if you have someone in your life who may need it, you never know. We have the National Maternal Mental Health Hotline there for you. So that's one 839 help for moms We have a postpartum awareness website. We have quite a few really, really, really good postpartum mood disorder support systems. So we've left them there all in the show notes for you and for anyone that you know or you love that who may need it. Just you never know. Yeah. So tune in. Well, like I said, we're going to re-release that because we just think it's that important to continue to talk about and highlight. And I don't know. I wish I, I don't even have a good way to close out this episode. I, I mean, please talk to the people in your life. Really? Like Tori said, distribute resources, educate ourselves is the best thing we can do. But it's just it is heartbreaking to see such a tragic event. Yeah, you know, like that. I think this is interesting because I do think in closing out, this is a really good opportunity for all of us to kind of maybe even open up our, you know, this is like our moment to open up our minds and to say, okay, I'm sitting across from one of my best friends and something seems off. Like, is she really okay? Maybe that's your opportunity to help change, right? Like maybe she's not okay. Maybe she does need extra support. And maybe you're the one that speaks to her partner, her person, whoever, and say, hey, like, she seems like she's struggling. Like, this this comes down to all of us, right? Like our our society as a whole, we all need to band together to help help. Mm -hmm. I think there's nothing better than a good friend who really is like, are you okay? No, but like, are you really okay? Like that's what we need. We need people who really care about one another. And maybe that's our moment to just say, hey guys, like check in on your people, your loved ones, make sure they're doing okay. Like genuinely do it with intention. And also check in with yourself because if you're finding yourself rushing to judgment, yeah, check in with yourself a little bit. I'm always a quick to judge people, <laughs> but I yeah. feel just even doing this podcast has, I've learned so much and I've heard from so many different people and I feel like I've become so much more open-minded and things like that. But I would say if you're even listening to what we're saying and being like, I don't agree with you guys, that's fair and it's fine. But take the time to maybe do some more research into things because passing judgment is not helping not us nice. move the needle yeah. at all. So yeah. If you if you kind of struggled with this episode, definitely. I would definitely. We're all looking inwards. Do, We're doing do better. Do your own research. Yep. We're doing yeah. better. 
thank you, you guys, for being here with us today. We did, again, leave all those resources for you, for you in the show notes. And thank you for being here with us. Make sure you check out our IG. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. You can find all the goodies there linked in the bio for you. And we appreciate all of your reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you leave one and you put your IG handle in it, we'll reach out and send you free stuff. Absolutely. And five stars and on Spotify. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. And make sure you're following us on our IG. That's at Nurse Tori. And at Hey Samantha. And stay tuned. We've got some really good guests coming up on our Tuesday episodes. Get excited. Yeah. Woo. Woo. -woo. All right, you guys. We'll see you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye.